0: Hello. Uh, Just a moment. Can you hear me? Hello. Uh, Hi, I can hear you
1: now. Uh, This is great. It took me some time to set up everything. No, no issues. How are you? Great. Thank you.
0: So, um, all right. So, let's just get into this podcast and get things rolling. Um, so, uh, how are you? Let's start from oh. there.
1: <laughs> Great. Thank you. Uh,
0: uh-huh.
1: Sorry. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. It's, no, no, it's okay. Let's continue. Mm-hmm.
0: Just a short background about yourself and the years of experience in your line of work and experience otherwise. So how have you come to where you are right now?
1: Okay. Uh, My name is Tamara Loseva, and I'm a head of marketing at IADF Accelerator. And uh, I've been working uh, at IADF Accelerator for uh, four years already. Um, But... Uh, Previously, I worked uh, in a tech um, tech company, uh, in a tech startup, and uh, in a technology transfer office of Tomsk State University. And uh, I was born in Siberia, and I moved to Moscow four years ago, and, uh, uh, well, now I have uh, a lot of expertise in uh, startups marketing in uh, venture ecosystem of uh, russia uh, and uh, those things what
0: sort of startups have you mainly been a part of and what sort of startups uh, what industries have they catered to uh
1: I'm sorry, do you ask about my background or about IIDF's portfolio?
0: Um, both. I think you part of IIDF as well as IIDF as an organization. What startups mm-hmm. have they supported uh, predominantly? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh huh. Okay, so IIDF uh, invests only in tech startups. Right. So uh, we support only software, web services, uh, IoT, hardware, solutions, something like this. And uh, for now, we have uh, more than 400 companies in our portfolio. Uh, IDF, uh, yeah, well, a lot of companies. Uh, IDF invests at three stages. Uh, pre-seed, seed, series A stage. And uh, uh, we, non- we don't only support companies with the money, we also provide them with expertise, with our expertise on how to um, grow revenue, on how to uh, increase a share of the market, on how to scale to global markets, etc.
0: Oh, okay. Um, so, have you, um, as an organization, ever given your startups the mentorship about uh, working with distributive groups as opposed to having on-site uh, workers as because this podcast is um, geared towards remote working and the future of remote working which is why this question is sort of part of this um, whole interview
1: mm-hmm. yes of course well uh basically uh Many startups that participate in our accelerator programs and many startups we've invested in in have remote teams. Right. Uh, uh, And uh, actually, Russia is a huge country. Mm -hmm. And uh, IADF, uh, the main office of IADF is located uh, in Moscow. And, for example, IADF uh, have, uh, has uh, representatives in other regions of Russia. So, they're remote workers. And also, when we recruit uh, a startup, which, uh, uh, which, was, uh, which exists in other parts of Russia, I mean, like somewhere in Siberia or in the uh, Far East or somewhere else, uh, they uh, have to uh, come uh, for most of our programs. They have to come to Moscow for three months,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and but uh, they do, uh, usually they don't take the whole team to Moscow. They take uh, they uh, take uh, key uh, employees, key, mm-hmm. key sales and marketing employees, and developers may stay in the region where they come from. So, um, and also many of uh, the companies we work with have remote developers team, uh, have remote uh, sales teams, uh, and sometimes uh, companies we work with have offices, uh, 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 it's more fair for our portfolio companies, sometimes they have offices in Moscow and somewhere abroad. Right. So... uh, Uh
0: sorry sorry go ahead
1: and if we speak about uh, remote employees Mm -hmm. it is also very popular nowadays in tech sphere in russia
0: of course because i think tech uh, industries have been the uh, proponent in pushing remote work i think globally they are the biggest contributors to this push for this drive Um, So these startups, do they work for companies abroad and, you know, um, on the global perspective, where does their work coincide?
1: Um, I'm sorry, could you please uh, repeat the question?
0: These startups that um, IIDF have accelerated or the 400 uh, startups and probably even beyond the the 400 uh, number, where do they fit in the global perspective in terms of remote working um are there um you know another uh, component in the whole working environment their clients where are they based are they based in russia are they based abroad where are their workers are they based in russia are they based abroad you know both Mm -hmm. sides of the um, spectrum
1: Mm-hmm. well uh, of course it depends on the company but uh, many of our portfolios, portfolio companies have clients in the USA, in Europe in Asia, in Africa uh, right. in Brazil. I would say that uh, we uh, if we take our portfolio companies we cover almost the whole world World. but if we speak about uh, the remote workers they hire uh, I think that Primarily, we speak about uh, regions of Russia, the US, and Europe. So uh, it, it is, it's is—it's very easy to explain these uh, statistics because uh, basically Russian teams have um, uh, developers here in Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, usually those developers... The, those developers are located in regions of Russia because uh, it may be cheaper for the company and uh, if we speak about sales offices mm-hmm. eh, they may be located in Europe or the u s uh independence of uh the target market of the company
0: right so as far as getting employees on board is concerned Um, you mentioned that um, employing employees from Russia is cheaper obviously now that the talent pool has uh, no barriers at all in terms of development uh, what if companies have opportunities with even lower costs of employment that's one part of the question I will uh, after you've answered this I'll ask you another question beyond this particular one
1: I'm sorry. Uh, there was an interruption of the sound, and I haven't heard the the whole question. Could you please repeat?
0: Sure. I'm saying um, uh, you talked about how um, employing employees and developers from Russia uh, is uh, cost effective, less expensive to employ these people. However, now that remote uh, working environment is so global that it's broken all barriers of entry in terms of employment. What if these startups get um, even further discounts going to regions such as uh, Bangladesh or Vietnam, Asia, and uh, the subcontinent, the Middle East, and these developers turn out to be less expensive for the startups?
1: Hmm well i haven't uh, i haven't researched these questions uh thoroughly but uh sometimes developers in the regions of russia uh, may have uh not very high salaries but mm-hmm. probably some countries may be even less expensive for the companies but i would say that in this case uh there may be a language barrier for them because uh <clears throat> not uh, unfortunately not all the founders not all the top managers of russian startups speak english right. very, very well and sometimes and also we have um well, I know that it may be popular for Russian companies to hire, uh, for example, support teams or call centers somewhere in India or in other countries. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, in this case, uh, in, in those cases, sometimes um, not everything goes smoothly. I mean uh, the communication. And sometimes the company has um, has problems uh, with those um, suppliers. Right. So, so probably, probably this is the main uh, issue in uh, this case.
0: Right. So going beyond Rush- Russia, at least for Russian startups, has more cons than pros of um, you know wage differentials. Here, other aspects come into play like language barrier and bad mm-hmm. experiences etc
1: yes yes of course
0: all right so on the flip side what if there's a company such as uh, let's say gaper they approach russian startups tech startups and uh, they employ the startups themselves for projects abroad in that case where do you think would the startups stand in terms of language barrier because um, firms such as Gaper, what they do is they go to an established startup or a tech company, and they propose this idea of working collectively on a project. Um, mm-hmm. So the Russian companies become vendors, and their unemployed resources are employed. Mm-hmm. So you know um, they do not have to lay off any developer. Their resources are optimized, each developer is getting more work, and obviously, mm-hmm. because if they're working in places such as you know uh, companies in the United States or even Europe, um, again because of the exchange rate, they do get they probably get a higher uh, wage for projects. Mm-hmm. So, in that case, where do you think would Russian startups now stand in terms of um, experience and language barrier? Mm-hmm. If companies like Kepel well, approach them as vendors? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I know that uh, many companies, uh, well, for example, I came from Tamsk. Tamsk mm-hmm. uh, is located in the middle of Siberia and uh, many uh, tech companies in Tamsk outsource the, their services abroad. Mm-hmm. Of course, those companies have uh, proper language skills. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that those companies would be available for such offers. Also, uh, we have, well, um, one of our latest programs called Go Global, and we basically help companies to scale their products to uh, the to global market. Right. And uh, we uh, discovered that this topic is very popular among Russian startups. They are, uh, they Desire to go to global market they desire to sell their products in the US in Europe, etc. and uh, this is a great motivation for them This motivates them to improve their language skills so that they, they would be uh, able to uh, Emerge into this global context. So I think that uh, such offers would be a great motivation and a great stimuli for uh, Russian companies, mm-hmm. uh, Russian founders uh, to improve their language skills. Because uh, some of them, of course, speak English properly or already, and they're able to communicate in English, to do business in English, etc. And uh, well, and some of them have uh, a fast decision they may hire a person with language skills, so that uh, he or she could uh, he or she could uh, uh, do business from uh, on the behalf of their company.
0: Right. Um, so basically, working out the kinks in the whole system to make it work.
1: Yes. Well, and also I think that uh, the more offers Russian companies get. From foreign, uh, from foreign companies, uh, the faster this uh, language development uh, process will go.
0: Okay, so makes sense. Um, where do you think are your startups, um, any case study that you can think of to share with us where a startup scaled pretty fast and got projects and you know uh, was able to optimize their resources and optimize their revenue and you know um, basically scaling up any case well, study I, that you know comes to your mind
1: well we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of
0: hello
1: Okay. Okay. So we, um, there are many case studies that come to my mind when you ask about this mm-hmm. and, uh, probably, uh, one of the, uh, in- interesting stories would be about Delta digital. We are just preparing, um, uh, an article about them. Uh, they produce, uh, virtual reality, uh, cinemas and uh, yes yes and now they sell franchise and uh, they had a, I um, it is hard for me to call the numbers right now but they had a, a really nice case here in our Go global program and also uh, well we had one more company in this Go Glo- global program uh, it was uh, actually it was a developer's company I mean they develop solutions uh they do they uh, they are a service company, not a product company and uh they also received some orders from abroad right. uh du- during three months program so uh basically uh what we've discovered is uh that it is Highly possible for a Russian company to get first sales uh, or first orders from uh, international clients staying in their hometown or in Moscow. um, I mean, if they participate in our program Mm -hmm. and uh, they can start from here. And if it's needed, they may uh, go to, uh, They may off, open, open an office in another country. They may hire uh, representatives in those countries, etc. So we basically help them to do those first steps to global market so that they could make sure that their product or their services are needed abroad.
0: Interesting. Uh, what do you think about the environment of remote working and working conditions? What do you think is integral uh, to this kind of work? And uh, is it your preference um, on the working environment, whether it should be on-site or remote? I think um, this particular part has already more or less been discussed uh, because, you know, uh, fluid working environments are probably a better way of going about technology And I think that's already covered. So what in your opinion is integral to uh, a fluid working environment?
1: Well, I would say that um, when people work remotely, the main uh, problem they suffer is uh, uh, that they don't have uh, a lot of communication with their colleagues or with other people at all. So, um, and uh, what I uh, observe with my boyfriend who works remotely is that uh, sometimes when he comes home, he needs to talk <laughs> because uh, um, he doesn't have a lot of communication during the day. Uh, I work in uh, IADF's office, mm-hmm. but I have an opportunity to stay home sometime And I would say that for me, uh, the perfect situation is uh, 50-50 when I'm able to stay home when needed and I have an office where I I can come and meet my colleagues. For example, I have uh, now, I run marketing department. Great. And uh, it is crucial for me to talk to my employees in person sometimes. Because we have a lot of tasks. We have very intense work. And sometimes I just need to look uh, my employee in the eye and ask how he or she is doing. How he or she feels today. Uh, Is he or or she overwhelmed with his or her tasks, etc. You know, and sometimes you cannot
0: Bring in the human touch, the human element. Yes,
1: yes. We have... we, We do a lot of tasks like a lot and uh, people are very sometimes people become very stressed and uh i think that as a head of this department uh it is my res- responsibility to help uh, my team to overcome those stress uh tension uh, etc and uh, um but uh i would say that uh We don't have a very developed uh, culture of remote working in IDF itself, except for the regional representatives I told you about. But I would say that we are quite loyal uh, for people's uh, needs. I mean, when a person uh, needs to stay home, we would be okay with it. Nobody would blame him or her for this. And also, I would say that some cities are more... Are more um, um, uh, works better for remote working than others. For example, here in Moscow, we have a lot of co-working spaces. And if you come to, co-working spa- to a co-working space, you may solve those communication issues for yourself. Uh, recently, we, had, uh, we worked opened in Moscow, for example. They have uh, very beautiful offices here. And uh, they do a lot of network. They provide uh, their residents with many networking opportunities. So you may just work there and feel quite good. Uh, IADF has a daughter company called Cech. Uh, it is also a co-working space. And I know that they also have a very nice atmosphere for the, resident, the residents. Uh, but... St- in some cities, uh, you cannot find a proper co-working space. You cannot find events for tech uh, people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you may feel a bit lonely, but it also depends on your uh, character, on your temper. Probably it may be even uh, good for some people to feel like this. I, I mean, mean, if I speak about me and my team, we work in communications. Of course, we are more extrovert people than, for example, some developers, I mean, in average. So probably for us, uh, it is more important to talk to each other. But I cannot, uh, of course, I cannot say for sure because people are very different and uh, some developers also are extrovert people.
0: Right. So in your experience, and this is probably off the record, in your uh, experience, have you seen more extroverted or introverted developers?
1: Probably more introverted developers, but I've seen extroverted uh, developers. They exist. I know this for sure.
0: <laughs> All right. That's, that, that was an extra question, but well, mm-hmm. thank you for answering. All right. So let's um, just uh, have you wrap up uh, this particular podcast. And um, what do you think is the future of remote working? And how are places like IIDF Accelerator going to push such employment opportunities to the forefront? You know, just to quickly uh, sum it up.
1: I would say that we wouldn't push this uh, type of working because we think that our companies will choose what is best for them. Right. Uh, but I, per- I personally think that remote working will be more and more uh, popular. In some time, in in the nearest future, but I cannot say for sure what happens next, because uh, as usual, um, we. For example, we see that uh, now we see, for example, that there are some global shops. For example, you can g- come t- or global. I don't know restaurants. For example, McDonald's. Uh, you you may go to McDon- McDonald's uh, pretty much everywhere now. True. But there are some people who don't want to eat in McDonald's. And they prefer other types of uh, food. And I think the same is uh, fair for uh, clothes and uh, other stuff. And I think that in the ca- in case of remote working, there also will be some people who uh, feel great working remotely. And the people who just don't like to work remotely, but I'm pretty sure that something, uh, that the, th- um, the way uh, we used to work will change in the nearest future, and it, it, it also will affect, uh, it, it will uh, affect not only those people who work remotely, but those people who work in the offices as well, I'm pretty sure that something will happen, uh, because something is happening right now.
0: Right. Right. Um, so how do you think places like Geepa and IIDF Accelerator can work together in bringing about um, either remote working um, to the forefront and or helping uh, startups and the startup culture, you know, making it more robust?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, for now, I'd like to take a look at uh, Geepa software. Just to estimate it and to understand how we can work together. Uh, There are different opportunities, Uh, the easiest, uh, the simplest uh, way for us is just to spread the word about your offers to startups Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: see if anyone is interested and if we notice that many of our portfolio companies are interested, uh, we may discuss uh, further opportunities.
0: Right. Perfect. That sounds, that sounds great. Would love to hear more about it and, you know, discuss this further with you. And great. here, I think we'll wrap it up. And thank you so much, Tamara. It was so nice talking to you and I really enjoyed uh, gaining insights of yours.
1: Okay. Thank you very much for having me. It was nice to talk to you. Will you send, uh, okay. Will you send me the link to the podcast once it's published? Mm-hmm. Will do. I will do that. Okay, thank Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, take care, bye bye.
1: Uh huh, you too, bye.